I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome into the final inspection show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, sitting here in the studio, steering the ship today. The mighty Steve Zaki, you know, he's out whining and dining with his highfalutin friends down in St. Louis. He's at Gateway for the IndyCar race down there. But Steve will join the show. So never fear, Steve will be here in the next hour we can't wait for that. Uh, going to get a lot of information about what's going on down in St. Louis and also, uh, you know, get the latest update on uh, on Robert Wickens. What a horrific, horrific crash that uh, he had at Pocono last week. And uh, obviously the the thoughts, our thoughts, and, and everybody, the entire racing community is with uh, – uh, Wickens and his family and uh, and his team and everything like that. So we wish him uh, nothing but the best, that's for sure. Uh, we got a huge show for you today, though. I was out at Road America yesterday, had a chance to sit down with Natalie Decker, ARCA driver. She's dri- uh, drove in the uh, Trans Am race at uh, Road America this weekend. We're going to hear from her coming up in a little bit. You're going to hear from Bill Elliott, the old guy. He's running at Road America right now in qualifying. He's 23rd, uh, so there's less than a minute to go in the first round of qualifying out at Road America, so he's not going to uh, he's not going to make the cut there, but uh, he'll start towards the back of the field, but a good story nonetheless. The return of awesome Bill from Dawsonville at uh, Road America. We're going to hear from him. He met with the media uh, about a week ago, and uh, you're going to hear uh, that as well. Uh, the Truck Series, they got a big race up in Canada at the uh, Motorsport uh, Raceway up there. You're going to hear from Noah Gregson. You're going to hear from Matt Crafton, Johnny Sauter, Brett Moffitt. Oh, boy, it is going to be huge. Uh, you're also going to hear from Lori Monroe. We're going to go uh, one lap down. With uh, good old Lori Monroe, get all the latest in NASCAR. And I'm also trying to reach out to uh, to Roy Henning. I've been trying to get him on the show for about three weeks. Me and Steve are going to be down at Great Lakes Dragaway next Saturday, one week from today. Cannot wait. Uh, cars on the track, the smell of gas in the air, fast cars, and the final inspection show. 
Does it get any better? Oh, yeah, they got some awesome food, too. So you can uh, head down there, see the show, come watch me get fatter. I cannot wait. So I'm trying to get Roy on the show. I'm starting to get a feeling that Roy doesn't like me too much. I've been trying to get him on for about a month now and uh, keep coming up short. But, uh, you know, we want to thank Great Lakes Dragway and obviously visit GreatLakesDragway.com. Uh, you know, the weather's gorgeous today, so you know there's cars on the track. Get out there. Get the fumes. Get the food. Get the fun. Fun for the whole family out at Great Lakes Dragway. And same thing uh, over at David Hobbs Honda. They got great deals going on in Glendale on Port Washington Road. Get out there, get yourself a new car, and drive it straight down to Great Lakes and put it that sucker on the track. So, as I said, Bill Elliott returning, racing at Road America today. Uh, he met with the media to uh, discuss what it's like being back, and it's kind of funny that uh, they make 62-year-old uh, awesome Bill go to the rookie driver's meeting because he's never raced at Road America before. But here's some of the sound when Bill Elliott met the media out at Road America. About it being Chase and Mike Beam doing this, but on the other hand, you have, you know, you're the one who has to get your butt in the seat. Well, you know, and I said this before, I was at uh, Watkins Glen after the Xfinity race, and I was fixing the spot the cup qualified. And I'm over there in the bus stop, and I text Mike Beam, and I said, I, I said, I really need to think you need to put, you know, AJ in the car for, for uh, Road America. About 10 minutes passed, I got a text back. He says, too late, bud. We done announced it. So, you know, it, it's how much choice do you have? I guess they were trying to keep me from not backing out of it. But, but you know, I've, I've really enjoyed road racing over the years. I mean, you know, I won my first cup race at Riverside at a road course, and, you know, I kind of did good at it. I did bad at it over the years. You know, when the when the road course ringers came in, you know, we had to step it up a good bit. But I never felt like I got a program that was 100% on track. But but still, you know, turning the pages to now, you know, looking at where things are today and the way the cars are today, you know, I don't have a clue where we're at. I mean, you know, I've never been in a I've never been in an Xfinity car, you know, in a long, long time. You know, uh, the last COT car was when I ran Daytona, 4th July in 2012. So for me, it's a it's a gigantic learning curve. You, you, you've been doing a little bit of vintage racing or vintage playing? What have you been doing? <laughs> well, just a little bit. I, all I did was last year, the last the last three years, I've di- I did the deal for SVRA at, uh, at Indy. And then last year, I did a little bit more, but not much, other than just the Indy event. That's it. And this year, I went to Road Atlanta a, a couple of weekends, and I did a, I did a SVRA race, and I did the Midi, and then I went to Indy and did did some of that stuff. But other than that, that's it, guys. I mean, I'm no, you know, road course shoe in ace, whatever you want to call them. And I mean, hell, I'm 62 years old. On top of that, so I got a lot to learn. Did doing that kind of whet your appetite to see how you stack up? Well. You know, it made you wonder how – the, the biggest thing that, that I really want to see is how the cars drive today versus, you know, kind of when – you know, I've been very fortunate enough to see the cars from the 70s, you know, all the way to now. So I've, I've, I've lived a very fortunate career. And, and to be able to have the opportunity to do this, I think will be interested just from the standpoint of, say, you know, how, what do these cars drive like, what are they, how they change during the race, you know, and until – and the biggest thing that I see, until you get, to me, till you get a couple of races under your belt, heck, you don't have a clue what you're looking for, you know, and, and never have been here before, then that just, that just stacks it on top of that. So you're, I mean, 
you're not going to, or are you going to get a couple more races under your belt? I don't. I think it's one and done. You know, pretty much. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't have any plans of going on any farther other than just playing around what I do on the side of my vintage, or, you know, maybe run a, a, a MSA or SDRA race or a, a Trans Am race or something like that. Along, I'm just going to tinker around. It gets this stuff gets too serious. <laughs> and that's what it is. You can pick one thing and go have. Exactly. You know, here I think you, you kind of mitigate a few of your things as far as the, the definition of having fun or not. You know, you go to some of these short tracks and some of the places that the Xfinity goes to, and that, that puts things in a whole different perspective, you know, because, you know, like I said, those guys are, are the best of the best coming along. You know, because they had never, they wouldn't have gotten there if they weren't pretty good at what they were doing prior to getting there, and it's just a stepping stone for them to get on to the next level, the Cup side. So for me to be able to to just to get in and just hang around with them is going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm a competitive guy, and I want to run good. Don't get me wrong, but but you know, there's a lot of factors why guys don't go on and race till they're you know 60s and 70s. So it make you feel young. Again. Or make you feel really old. That's a good point. You'd go either way. How do you expect the car you're testing in to be different than? Oh, it's altogether different. I mean, the only thing just learning the track, that's all I'm trying to do. You know, not, and just trying to be, I'm trying to get it in my head of, of the shift patterns and stuff from the Xfinity side. That's, that's all I'm trying to do is just learn the track and just, just kind of learn things and see where the hard points are and, the, you know, you know, where not to be, where I can be. And just try to just get a little time on the racetrack before I come jump in here on, you know, Friday week. The the kids, you know, your kids' generation would get on video games or iRacing or whatnot to learn a track, to learn, you know, about a new place. You do any of that? No. They're, they're, but they're computer savvy. You know, that generation grew up on that stuff. And every time I ever tried it, it's... I don't get any feel back in the car, and I drive on what the car is telling me rather than what the computer, what I see in the computer. And I mean, there's guys that do really, really well at it. I mean, you know, William Byron and Chase and all those guys, you know, they've stepped it up another level. But man, you know, it's just like when you go out to your car and you raise the hood and you say, "Okay, I need a a kid ten years old in a computer," you know, to work on your car. And that's what I look at today. Would this have been a track you would have liked to race at? You know, after driving around it, yes, I think it's a pretty unique racetrack. And, you know, to me, I would like to like to have had the opportunity to run more in the rain and learn that side of it because, you know, watching Almondinger at uh, Watkins Glen and how good he was and, you know, how those guys that have a lot of that experience, Brendan Gong, all those guys that, that really bring that to another level. And, you know, for me, it's like, okay, it's just like I'll give you an example. Whenever they were t- trying to tell Kyle Larson, "Well, so you need to run up here. You need to use this much brake." That's all. I don't know if I could even do that. There's been a—I don't want to say a groundswell, but there's been this shift in NASCAR somewhat. You know, Charlotte going to the Roval this fall. Uh, maybe short tracks and, and road courses. Would this be a good road course for Cup? Oh, I think it'd be a great road course for Cup. I really do. I mean, based on based on where we where we've been and the things that we've been doing, you know, it's it's a lot similar to Watkins Glen to me. You got real high speed. You got a lot of hard braking. You know, it's it's just like going kind of going into turn one at Watkins Glen versus going into turn five. Here, you've got downhill stuff. You know, five eight. You're all downhill. You've got you've got ripples getting into one. You got ripples getting into 
to 10 over there or let's say 10 11 12 so everything just has a has a character to it you know you just got to make it work if you had your choice would you have backed out of this if they hadn't released the probably release? yeah because yeah. i mean i like i said i don't know i don't know what to prove i don't know what to expect you know i'm gonna give it my best shot but um you know had the choice i would probably say hey give a give a kid a chance today but uh since they nailed my my name on the roof, I don't know what I'm going to do at this point in time. So this isn't exactly scratching an itch that you didn't know that you had? Well, I, I said this. I said I did say I would like to get in a cup car and go test it. That's all I've said, you know, just to see what these cars are like being down on the ground and the evolution they are today. You know, it took me, uh, you know, like I said, I hadn't been in a car in a long time until I went to the SBRA race at Indy three years ago. And... You know, you get back in the car and you're really rusty at how you feel and things you do. And, I mean, I'm still learning every, every lap I make out here. You know, well, I, you know, I should have done this or I should have done that or I need to be easier on power or, or something, you know. And it just, you know, you've got some of the basics, but being able to brush it up, put it all together, and, and A, not make mistakes. I mean, that's the biggest, biggest goal. And a track this long you make a mistake in two and you got a long time to go correct it yeah but it's only 45 laps <laughs> so there you go <laughs> this race has had some i mean some guys you would just never expect to be competitive through strategy or whatnot get up there and actually contend for it i mean contend, that's key word contend <laughs> what, what do you hope to get out of it? What do you expect? Maybe you can. What's the best case? You know, guys, I don't expect anything. I'm just going to do my best and try to have the best time I can and just enjoy it. I've got – there's a lot of fans I've met that wants to come out here and watch this race and wants to, just to see me run, win, lose, or draw, whatever happens. And and, I, and that's – guys, that's why I'm here. Are, are there – parts of the track that are more difficult for you where, where are you struggling where you feel good well you know really the most difficult part is when i leave pit road from there all the way around back to start finish line that's that's the hardest part of this racetrack so that's kind of putting it in a nutshell <laughs> so i guess you hope he gets a little more time this afternoon you i'm, I'm going to try if we get the thing fixed back put it patch back together we'll go out and run a few more laps so what do you have all told be- between your the other week and this week boy 20 laps 25 laps maybe Maybe. What do you feel like you need to be getting close to what you're capable of? A race or two here in, a, in an Xfinity car. You know, then you'd have an idea of what you're looking for. But, you know, right now you don't have a clue. You have to go on, you know, just leave. You know, they, uh, Mike and all the guys have a good setup for the road courses, obviously. So it's just going to be up to me learning everything and, you know, getting up and down pit road, getting the pit stop, all that stuff. I mean, you got to think about all that stuff. You worked with Mike at Juniors? I worked with Mike at Juniors, then he came to me in the late 90s. So he was with me. He was with me before Juniors and then during Juniors, and then uh, he worked with me later on. And uh, he's been around off and on for quite a while. The other day you unveiled the paint scheme that you're going to run here. Can you talk about how much input you had in that? or uh, About as much as me coming here and drive. <laughs> Not a lot. You know, Mike, I think Mike went back to that uh, – 94, I think, uh, Southern 500 win that we had with Budweiser. And, you know, we'll, uh, they just kind of came up with it. I, I kind of envisioned in my head here the, the scenario where, for the first time in your career, you go to Chase for advice? Absolutely. Have you done it? Absolutely. How did that go? Very helpful. 
you know, but still he's not in the car. I mean, you know, to, to tell somebody how to do it and then put it in perspective. But just giving you kind of the basics is a lot of the learning curve as well, you know. But, but you know, brake points, shift points, stuff like that, you know, the basics, yeah, but still i got to figure it out, you know. So did he give you, I mean, was it advice about the car, advice about the track, advice about? Well, you got to understand the Xfinity cars changed since he was here last. You know, it, they've changed the, the arrow package on the car, so it's quite a bit different. So mostly about the track then he was able to? Mostly about the track. Make sure you turn right at certain Well, the, yeah, whichever, follow the, the path. <laughs> the black stuff. Is, yeah, yeah, that's important. Because he's been off of that here, too. Well, I, yeah, and I was, too. The, I'll, get, I'll tell you this. When I was here the other day, I went out. Uh, I came up the hill 13 to 14, and I was just going to keep going. I mean, the, tr- the road looked like it kept going, and I almost missed the corner. I did miss the corner. I ran off in the grass, but it didn't That was the first lap. You wouldn't be the first guy to go up here. <laughs> I mean, it, it just looks like it just continues on. It's like an optical illusion. But anyway, I got All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Bill. Appreciate it. Good Thank luck. You, There's Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. That was uh, – his press conference that he had out at Road America uh, talking about the race that uh, he's about to get in and uh, start here in about an hour and 45 minutes from now. Green flag flies right around 2 o'clock. So if you're not headed to Great Lakes Dragaway to watch some amazing racing, uh, you can get up to Road America. There's still time to get there for the Xfinity Series. I'll tell you, I was out there last night, those uh, stadium trucks. Wow, that was awesome. I uh, I was looking forward to that on uh, for a couple days, and then just seeing them live, seeing those trucks go over those jumps, and they get all sideways and squirrely when they land, and that was exciting stuff. That was really, really cool to see if you guys ever get a chance to, uh, if you missed them while they were here at Road America, you ever get a chance to see those stadium trucks run, you will love it. That is awesome. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the final inspection show, we're going to go one lap down with Lori Monroe. Get all the latest in NASCAR, all the news and notes that she provides for us week after week. It is awesome. You're listening to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway and David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back. Final inspection show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb in, steering the ship while Steve Zaki's living high society lifestyle that he leads down in St. Louis at Gateway for the IndyCar races. NASCAR last week, Bristol night race. And obviously, if you listen to this show, you know that... uh, I am definitely not shy to call NASCAR out when they have horrible races like Michigan and um, a bunch of others so far this year that are just complete snooze fests. But Bristol was actually one hell of a race. That uh, that was entertaining from, from flag to flag, basically. And uh, let's, head, uh, let's go to Lori Monroe and get all the latest in NASCAR now and see what she thought of the Bristol night race. 
This is One Lap Down with Lori Monroe for the week of August the 20th. Here's what's making news right now. After last week's Bristol night race, Kyle Busch was confronted by a race fan, which resulted in a uniformed officer having to pull the individual away from Busch so he could exit the area. According to a statement from Bristol Motor Speedway, a guest repeatedly confronted Busch verbally and physically while he was signing autographs for fans. When Bush went to leave in his golf cart, he was struck across the chest, and Bush then confronted the individual. According to the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office and the Bristol Police Department, no arrests have been made. The Greg Biffle court case saga continues. Initially, Biffle was ordered to pay his ex-wife $1 in damages following a 12-day trial. You remember, Biffle allegedly placed video cameras in the home because he thought the maid was stealing things. Well, now Biffle has agreed to award his ex the amount of $250,000 in punitive damages for invading her privacy. Come on, we need some better Biffle news. So here it is. This weekend, the Biff returns to racing, and he'll be up at Road America making his debut in the Speed Energy Stadium Super Truck Series. Other entries include Adam Andretti, Robbie Gordon, of course, and Casey Mears. Good luck, guys. Looking for a job? There's an opening at ISM Raceway, the former Phoenix International. The track president, Brian Sperber, is leaving his position after the November 11 Can-Am 500 Monster Energy Cup race. Sperber held the position for the last 16 years. Have you seen Denny Hamlin's throwback scheme for the upcoming Darlington race? His number 11 Toyota will be sporting a throwback to Hamlin's first ever race car, a mini stock that he drove in 1997 at Langley Speedway and Southside Speedway in Virginia. Hamlin won both track championships that year and was named the NASCAR Mini Stock Rookie of the Year. Other throwbacks recently revealed are Landon Castle's double zero car honoring Bobby Allison's Miller High Life car. Eric Jones' number 20 sport clip scheme is inspired by Rick Corelli's Remax truck from the late 1990s. Matt Kenseth's number 6 Roche Fenway racing car pays tribute to Oscar Mayer. Ryan Blaney throws back to his dad Dave Blaney's Jasper car. Ty Dillon and Geico throw back to 2009, the sponsor's inaugural cup season. Clint Boyer pays tribute to Ned Jarrett's 1965 Southern 500 win. So many great schemes for September's Darlington weekend. And the moment we've all been waiting for since it was announced just a few short weeks ago, this weekend Bill Elliott makes his first start at Road America. Elliott will be driving the number 23 for GMS Racing using the same chassis that was driven to second place by A.J. Allmendinger at Watkins Glen earlier this year. And the car will look great too. Elliott's going to run his 1994 Darlington Mountain Dew Southern 500 winning scheme red with the white stripe. Can't wait to see it on the track. In Innovators versus NASCAR this week, the Innovators stepped it up a notch at Bristol last weekend. On the Xfinity side, it was nothing but lug nut infractions for the 12, the 76, and the 22 teams. All associated crew chiefs face fines and suspensions. The Truck Series Innovators got a little creative. The number 68 team of Clay Greenfield had ballast issues. So his crew chief, Danny Gill, truck chief Melvin Burns Jr., and mechanic William Gwinnade have been suspended for the next three truck series events. Also, the 88 truck team of Matt Crafton had a lug nut violation. Crew Chief Junior Joyner has been fined $2,500. The cup guys, however, they were clean. In birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to Winston Kelly, Paul Menard, Steve Park, Kenny Wallace, 
TJ Bell, and if it's your birthday this week, make it a great one. In Pinty's news, L.P. Dumoulin won last weekend's Bumper to Bumper 300 at Riverside International Speedway in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, giving the 39-year-old driver from Quebec his third win of the season. In second place was Cole Powell, DJ Kennington in third, Andrew Ranger and Alex Tagliani round out the top five. Dumoulin extended his points lead to 19 over Cole Powell, ahead by only one point of Alex Tagliani. Next up for the Pinty Series is the Total Energy 200 on August the 26th at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park in Bowmanville. In Arca, they're heading off to Berlin Raceway this Saturday afternoon to the Primera Plastics 200 and on the IndyCar Series. After a very difficult Pocono race weekend that saw driver Robert Wickens seriously injured, the series now heads to Gateway Motorsports Park in Madison, Illinois on Saturday for the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. This is a night race with the green flag at approximately 8.40 p.m. Eastern. The Cup Series is off this weekend, but as I've mentioned already, Road America is hosting the Xfinity Cars this Saturday afternoon for the Johnsonville 180. Aside from Bill Elliott, other notables are Connor Daly for Roush Fenway Racing, Catherine Legg for JD Motorsports, Australian native James Davison for Joe Gibbs Racing, and Andy Lally for DGM Racing. Green flag is at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. The Camping World Truck Series heads to that foreign country called Canada for the 6th annual Chevrolet Silverado 250 at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in Bowmanville, Ontario. And I know Ron Fellows has already been coaching Stuart Friesen on the finer points of the historic road course. Start time is approximately 2.46 p.m. Eastern. And on the weather front, Saturday's Xfinity race at Road America will have a mix of sun and clouds after a system pushes through on Friday. Temperature will be the mid to the upper 80s. Sunday's truck race at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park in Bowmanville, Ontario will have a high of 83 degrees, a mix of sun and cloud and a little sticky out there with some humidity. In social media madness, it's not just the fans that like to hate on Kyle. Even his wife gets in on the act. Here's what she said on Twitter, Dear Kyle Bush, I'm very tired from the light your phone is keeping me up. Considering you're not listening to me, next to you I'm going to tweet you in hopes of getting a response. Love, your sleepy and slightly grumpy wife. And he barely got his Twitter account up and running, but Sterling Marlin's feed is already full of Marlinisms. Like from the crew chief. I think we have a radiator leak in the race car. Sterling, just take a handful of stale breadcrumbs and throw it in there. And from Jim Noble on Twitter, you've heard his play-by-play on PRN, you've seen him on TV. This is what he wrote on Twitter. So my wife is out of town and I have run out of everything. Do I go shopping? Nope. Just took my Femme One Vitamins, put on some Secret for Women deodorant, and used my pink hairbrush. I feel pretty. That's it for One Lap Down with Laurie Monroe this week. Enjoy the racing this weekend, whatever racing you enjoy the most. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, she touched on the uh, incident with Kyle Busch after Bristol where the fan ends up uh, confronting him, putting his hands on Kyle Busch. He has to get separated uh, from the fan by a uh, uniformed cop. And anytime I hear those stories, it just you shake your head because motorsports in general is one of the only sports where you have such fantastic access to these drivers. And anybody who's been to the track, and if you're up at Road America and, and you've got a pass to go into the pits, you know, obviously when they're meeting with their teams and stuff, uh, the guys are, you know, either in their hauler or um, 
off to the side and, and you can't get to them, but there is so much access that we as fans have to these drivers, and it's on all levels. You know, obviously the, the lower levels, the more access, but even in NASCAR, you know, there's guys that, that are just hanging out by their haulers, and you can just go up there and, and start talking to them. And that's one of the greatest uh, points of motorsports in general is that these guys, you know, they're not hidden away. It's not like a football team where uh, where the locker room is is in the, the bowels of the stadium. All their stuff is right out there. You can walk by and take pictures of, you know, they're, you're standing a foot and a half away from their actual race cars, and you see the guys, the crew working on the cars and everything. It's just... The access is so fantastic. So every time I I hear one of these stories of fans confronting drivers, it just every time that happens, you're closer to it becoming the NFL or Major League Baseball, where the access is very very hard, you know, to, to get at these guys. Even for even if you have a kid, I was covering a a Brewers game about a month ago, and there's the players lot. And I was, uh, I got done doing all the uh, the sound work I had to do after the game, and I'm walking to my car. There's a dad and his two kids that are sitting on this hill close to the exit of the players' lot, and they were the only three there. And these kids were so excited, and they're standing right by the fence. And I kind of stopped and watched, and I watched five Brewers players just pull out of this parking lot. And I don't know if they if they saw the dad or, or and kids or not. It would be hard to to miss them. But they just drove right by. And it's not like there was a crowd of 100 there. There was a father and two children. And no one that I saw, the, the five guys I saw pull out of, uh, out of the players' lot, didn't pay them the slightest bit of attention. And you get better than that in motorsports. And that's one of the reasons why motorsports is fantastic. And that's one of the reasons why... All fathers and mothers uh, should be taking their kids to races because these guys, they're not behind the curtain. They're up there. They're accessible. They're nice. They will take the time and talk to you. And if you've got a little kid who loves racing and he gets to meet some of uh, the drivers that he saw on the track, it's just going to ignite that fire and the love for racing in him or or her, you know, son or daughter, and it's just going to grow the sport. You know, I had uh, I took my three kids last weekend up to Slinger for uh, Slam Fest, and let me tell you, the crowd that they had out there was fantastic. That place was packed, and it was exciting. You know, the the school bus races, the figure eight, the bail, uh, the the barrel races, the trailer races, you know. It was awesome, and uh, and all my kids had a blast, and you know they were running their regular show the the next night on Sunday, and I'm driving home, and granted it was late, you know I'm sitting there. I think we left the track about eleven fifteen, eleven thirty uh, at night, so it was a late night for my guys. But uh, you know the whole way home until they fell asleep, Dad, are we going back tomorrow? Can we go back tomorrow? And that's how you need to sit there and grow the love of auto racing. We all cry about how, you know, ratings are down for NASCAR and all these uh, local short dirt tracks are all going under. And even the ones that are still around, 
you know, a lot of them aren't drawing the way that they used to. And you want to turn that around? Get your kids out to the track. I'll get off my soapbox now. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there'll be more awesomeness of the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, steering the ship today so Steve Zaki could get wined and dined down at Gateway in St. Louis. We're going to hear from him uh, right around the top of the hour, get all the latest down there, uh, get some updates on uh, Robert Wickens and and his condition after just that horrific crash that he suffered in Pocono. And there's been a lot of serious crashes uh, all across the country and uh, this, this year. So uh, obviously we wish... Uh, Every driver, a uh, a safe ride uh, today and every day. But uh, Xfinity qualifying is now over. Matt Tift, he's going to be your pole sitter today out at Road America. Bill Elliott, awesome. Bill from Dawsonville, he qualifies 23rd. So the uh, green flag is going to fly in just about an hour and 20 minutes. So if you're not heading down to uh, Great Lakes Dragaway today, Then uh, head up to uh, Elkhart Lake and enjoy Road America. And speaking of Road America, I was out there yesterday and uh, had a chance to sit down with Natalie Decker. Very, very impressive young lady. You know, the accomplishments that she that she has acquired, you know, has put up in in such a short amount of time is is unreal. And uh, she gets it. She gets it. You'll you'll hear. You'll hear her in her interview. She is, I was just, I was blown away. She's very smart. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's got, uh, obviously, her parents and her whole team just support her, but they steer her in the right direction. And uh, it, I was blown away. I, I didn't, I was not expecting, you know, I don't know what I was expecting when I sat down with her, but, uh, but I, I walked away just so much more impressed. So, I'm going to bring it. Here's my conversation with Natalie Decker yesterday at Road America. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, sitting with Natalie Decker. Natalie, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you. So, Road America, you know, I know this is uh, a few hours from Eagle River, which is home, but uh, this has to be your home track. How does that feel? It feels good to be here. We came here last year in the ARCA car, um, and that was great. I learned a lot. And then I, my dad and Tony have been friends forever, and they raced against each other in snowmobiles. And I really liked road racing after that first ARCA race here. So they started talking. My sponsor started talking, and he's like, we want to do road racing next year. So that's why we're here now. And obviously with Avi Motorsports, I wouldn't be with anyone else. I mean, it's like my dad's best friend pretty much. And so we tested last week with him, and now we're here at Road America, and we're probably going to do a few more races this year. But to be here at Road America at my home state is wonderful. So do all the other drivers come up to you and say, you know, being from Wisconsin, where do we eat, what do we eat? 
you know, what's the best beer to have? <laughs> um, if I were to tell anyone, I would say eat cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. Very, very smart. <laughs> we usually ask all the all the drivers that we get, you know, uh, burgers or brats, and most people are smart enough to say brats yeah. being in Wisconsin here, so that uh, that's good. Obviously, you know, so there's no point in asking that question. <laughs> so, running full time in ARCA, and uh, you know. I, your past successes if we run that down that would take the whole two hour show so i don't want to you know i don't want to do that but running in arca what's been the hardest you know the hardest transition for you as you continue to move up the nascar ladder well they're very big heavy race cars and i come from super late models and then another thing is the mile and a half those are really big race tracks and have a lot to do with air and that's all new to me so it's really hard, but I have a great team that I'm with and a great crew chief, and they help me out so much. My teammate, actually, Michael Self, who was just here helping me, he, he's at a lot of the ARCA races, too. He's doing, like, half the season, I believe, and he helps me so much also. So there's just so many people there that are helping me try and learn as much as I can for that next race, and, and I love doing it. I mean, I wouldn't be doing it, even though it's hard. I, I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. Well, and obviously you have very smart people behind you. You know, you talked about your dad. You talked about everybody at Ivy Motorsports. Because, you know, getting into road racing and trying to, you know, it's a completely different animal from from ovals. It's only going to help you when you eventually move up to Xfinity or to the Cup Series and everything like that. With, uh, you know, there's a momentum now to get away from all the boring cookie cutter mile and a half and get more road races in there so i think it's only going to help you in the future do you prefer road racing to ovals or are you still an oval girl i mean i'm still an oval girl my dream's nascar so i'm forever gonna love ovals but this is really fun and i really enjoy doing this i really haven't done a race yet i've only tested and practiced in this trans am car but um, I'm really excited to do the race. I'm excited we're going to have more this year, and like hopefully next year I can do a few more because it's great seat time. When I was sitting here at this exact table <laughs> talking with Michael, he was telling me and giving me advice. We were watching a video, and he was helping me with my line and stuff, and then he was even trying to say, okay, like when we go back to this track in the ARCA car, you're going to be doing the same thing. So it really is going to help me doing this road race. It's even going to help me at the mile and a half in the bigger racetracks, and Michael did a great job of explaining it. Yeah, that's great. We're talking with Natalie Decker here on uh, the Final Inspection Show, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. So, okay, so you said your your end goal is Cup Series NASCAR. So who were some of your heroes, you know, when you were growing up and everything like that? Who did you look up to in the racing world besides your father r- running the snowmobiles? Yeah, I really did. Both my parents. I looked up to both my parents a lot, and they supported me and still support me so much. So they're my main heroes. But Matt Kenseth, he's from Wisconsin. I got to love him. Um, But the newer ones, even, well, with super late racing, um, when Chase Elliott was racing in super late and I was just getting into super lates, I really looked up to him. He was so good in the super lates and so smooth, and I really looked up to his driving style, and I, I didn't know much about him and much about racing at that time until my crew chief really got me into it at that time and that's when I found out who Chase Elliott was and started getting more involved in NASCAR and knowing more people. But then just the past year, um, Martin Truex, uh, he was great at mile, he is great at mile and a half. Yeah, oh yeah. So, and that's where I struggled, so he became my hero and I watch him all the time. I'm like, okay, what, what can I learn from him? <laughs> 
Very, very smart. Very smart. So, obviously, a little bit of age difference between me and you. So, but I always ask everybody, what are you listening to, music-wise? Well, you know, and you, like you said, there's an age difference, but I love oldies. <laughs> I'm not that old. Oh man, <laughs> it's bad. I listen to a lot of old music, um, but yeah, that's probably within the last year. So, like, what's in your CD player now? If you even have a CD player, what's on your top on your MP3? Well, actually, the top song would probably be Thunder, you know, that new song that came out. But then after that, it's like, I like Piano Man because okay. of my dad. That song makes me think of my dad. And then I like, oh, I don't remember the name of it, but Billy Joel sings most of the songs that I listen to. So. All right. <laughs> so no uh, Iron Maiden or anything like that yet? No, not yet. All right. Well, there's still hope for you yet. You got time. <laughs> but thank you, and uh, best of luck, obviously, this weekend, and best of luck down the road. Hopefully, uh, we'll be seeing you in the Cup Series in uh, in a short, short time rather than a long. And don't forget about us. You know, you're always welcome on the final inspection show. So, Natalie Decker, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We'll be Yep, she was fantastic and uh, very easy to root for, even though she did call me old. Did you guys catch that? You know, I talk about the age difference, and then she immediately says, oh, I like oldies music. My God, I'm not that old. Man. But besides that, she is fantastic, and uh, her whole family, her uh, her mom, Amy, she was fantastic, so easy to deal with and, and setting up the interview, and um, it was just, it was great. So, She's very easy to root for. She's running the ARCA race later on today, and uh, obviously we wish her all the best uh, both today and down the line, and hopefully we'll be seeing her in Cup sooner rather than later. When we come back on the final inspection show, we'll be hearing from some truck drivers. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Now we only got a couple minutes before we got a break for the top of the hour so we can get Steve Zaki in here. But let's hear from uh, Johnny Sauter. This is ahead of the, uh, the race out at uh, the Canadian uh, Motorsport uh, track. And here's Johnny Sauter. Well, that's a complicated question because you can slice it a couple different ways. Um, I think some weeks maybe he does have a little advantage. I think there's some weeks that he has no advantage, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's places where we, you know, tires seem to fall off, the race pace falls off, um, and maybe more RPM is beneficial to him. Um, but there's also places where I feel like, you know, the engine that we're running is has is better so uh you know i would definitely like i like the position i'm in with the with the ilmore engine versus having built engines at this point but um 
you know, you can make a case for that's why he had success at this track or whatever, but the fact of the matter is they've won four races, it's not luck. You look at Michigan, well, you look at you and Moffitt, though. You guys have won the most races, but you don't have the stage wins. Is this kind of, you're more of a veteran, especially in this series, than he is, but you think it has something to do with you guys having the experience and being there to finish at the end? Because Gregson has, I think, seven stage wins, but the kid can't finish. I won't say he can never finish, but not, you know, he doesn't have the consistency that you two have. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of times um, the stage wins are just a product of how you've qualified or, or whatever, you know. So, um, obviously, track position is important to win those stages. So, I don't really pay attention to stage wins. Last year, I felt like I had quite a few stage wins but didn't have as many race wins. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just funny how that all works out, you know. And, and to be honest with you, I know you get more bonus points for winning the race than you do stage wins, so that's kind of where my mind goes is, like, let's try to win the race. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's experience or circumstances just ain't playing out for them. I, you know, it's so hard for me to tell what everybody else is doing, you know what I mean? I just know that I need to win races, and the rest of it will take care of itself. There's Johnny Sauter. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and uh, hopefully uh, get the latest from down in St. Louis at Gateway with uh with steve zaki we'll be right back this is the final inspection show here on sports radio 105 7 fm the fan milwaukee start your engines it's time to talk about all things racing nascar indycar trucks and formula one this is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. And as a matter of fact, Steve Zaki and myself will both be down at Great Lakes one week from today. You guys should be down there as well. Great racing, great food, us. You know, what more could you ask for? It's like a dream come true. So head down to Great Lakes Dragway uh, every day, but make sure you're down there next Saturday as well as the final inspection show. We'll be broadcasting live from beautiful Great Lakes Dragway. And, of course, David Hobbs Honda, you know, it's a glorious day outside. Go buy a new car. Why not? Or buy a used car. Get to, uh, get to David Hobbs Honda down there in Glendale. You will love it. Now joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. High Society, Steve Zaki. How's it going, brother? It's going pretty good. It's hot. Aw. Wisconsin. It's even hotter in Missouri, right? Oh, is it too warm for you, Steve? I'm just, uh, it is, uh, let's, let's put it this way. Thank God there's a breeze. And boy, the shade has been a, the popular spot so far this afternoon. There's a reason why this race is run at night, and uh, love I, we love summer, but summer and aluminum bleachers don't mix very well. No, no, that's for sure. That uh, 
You know, it was funny. Going to races with aluminum bleachers is the reason why I got my first pair of prescription sunglasses. Because the, uh, the glare off those bleachers, I was so tired of having to put shades on and not being able to see anything. That would, uh, or you could just got in contact with one of those, but. Nah, I'm, I'm too Polish to be sticking my finger in my eye without causing serious damage. <laughs> <laughs> you know me by now. I'm too clumsy to do that kind of stuff. Resistance, you're supposed to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once your finger goes six inches into your head, uh, don't keep pushing. Well, I'll tell you what, on, on the track right now is the vintage uh, Indy Registry open wheel uh, icons. So that means old vintage Indy cars. And there's, there's quite a few here. There's over 20 of them. And uh, most of them are on the track right now. We just had uh, Indy Lights qualifying earlier. Uh, but they decided to cancel IndyCar qualifying here last night. We woke up, well, in fact, I think most of St. Louis woke up yesterday at about quarter to seven when there was one horrendous uh, thunderclap in downtown St. Louis. Like I said, about quarter to seven, I just woke everybody up, I think, especially in our uh, hotel downtown. But, um, the, you know, the, the way, you know, it's one of these things, you look at the radar and you see, you know, the storm coming in and then, okay, you're thinking, okay, well, let's see, it's moving, it's moving. Ah, we should be okay by 10 o'clock. Well, it got to St. Louis and the Mississippi and apparently decided it really liked it here and it just stopped for a bit. So we actually didn't start any uh, track action until in the afternoon, a lot later than we thought. But with, uh, you know, it does have light. So uh, they actually had... Uh, practice, IndyCar practice late last night, I think it was about 7.30 or so, and then they actually ran the NASCAR K&N series last night, which probably didn't get over till, uh after 10.30 or so, which, uh, fortunately, by that time, no, I was long gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure at uh, some fancy high society party getting wined and dined like, uh, like the usual for you, but... Uh... St. Louis barbecue, man, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta devour that when you're down there. Bring me some back, will you? <laughs> and then uh, uh, Paul, the bartender last night, made one of the best white Russians I've ever had. So it was a very good night last night. See, everything is sunshine and rainbows in Zaki land. You make me jealous every day, Steve. It's sunshine and heat right now. So No, good. Good. Suffer. I was stuck here till 2.30 uh, in the morning last night for the Packer post game show. Well, you know, what's, what, what's better than one baseball game is uh, one and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that was one heck of a game, man. It, uh, you know, we were getting ready to, to go on the air for the Brewers post game show at 10 o'clock. And then uh, the, <laughs> the game, the Packers post game started at 12.30. And I think the Brewers game ended about... 12:38. So the uh, Brewers post game show never even hit the air last night. So that's uh that's kind of how uh, how my day went, but uh but it was nice being out at Road America earlier that uh yesterday, but uh it, you know, so okay, so in practice too, what who's who looks fast? Obviously they they set the field because of the rain. You know, you got Dixon on the pole. And points and put, put Dixon on the pole, but actually it's been Rossi, who's been pretty hot, and the surprise has been Pietro Fittipaldi, 
who cranked out a third quick time. So, you know, they're down. Obviously, they're down a car because of Wickens in that situation last week. But it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of the pretty much the usual suspect. Four days look good too, and, and but and then of course the Penske Armada looks very good. But you know Rossi just continues to be the guy, and and you know without a couple of uh, unfortunate things, he'd be he'd be even closer to Dixon on top of the points. But this is a real important race if you're wondering about the championship with uh, Dixon and Rossi, and Rossi's been chipping away, chipping away, and. Dixon, of course, you know, is, is going nowhere. So, But, you know, this is an oval and anything can happen. So it'll be interesting to see because the odds would be, you know, Dixon would be favored. But like I said, the Rossi's been fast pretty much all weekend so far. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I'm reading up here on the news and said that, yeah, he's had speed ever since uh, ever since they took the car off the trailer. So that, uh, that should be one heck of a battle that uh, – that they're going to have uh, tonight. So, yeah, that'll be exciting. The um, Obviously, St. Louis, you know, is there added pressure now because of the importance of this race and, and just how far, you know, can you explain how St. Louis was able to go from, you know, kind of just a regular event to now being basically the third biggest event in the IndyCar calendar? Well, it's good teamwork. Uh, the the whole group uh, is 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 a really, and you see it, an organization that has a strong strong leadership like this track does. It, re, it reflects all the way down. And one of the things I notice when you drive in, all the people here, the people checking you in, checking parking passes, everybody everybody smiling, everybody seems to be happy to be here. And it's amazing how much that makes a difference and how, you know, people in the media center, people over here are with the vintage groups and that, how they all mention that. You know, you'll be chatting with somebody and somebody will say, boy, you know, the people working here are really nice. And that makes that such a big reflection on, on, on racetracks and that when you, when, when, when you have that. And, and Chris Blair and his team has, has just been so great for us, especially on the vintage side, and 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 everything on the media side too, and and just everything is just running, running very, very smoothly. And then when you you know with the Bomber uh, Bomberito Automotive Group, which is a huge uh, dealership, uh, they have many, many dealerships throughout the metro area here. You got they're really in, in, involved with it. They've been doing a lot of promotion too with it, and when so when you when you watch the local news, they're uh, they're talking about the race and everything, and and plus it being a Saturday night race, I think really helps too. Uh, with you know, obviously because of the weather situation, but you know, for for a lot of people, I think it, it would be easier, especially with a family, with all the you know, all the activities that go on in the summer. I think it's a lot easier to get like a family of four to go to a race on a Saturday night than maybe you know blocking off almost a whole Sunday. You know, with 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 this Saturday race, you know the family can still do their stuff. If there's a graduation party, some type of birthday party, or, or softball practice, they can still do that in the afternoon and still leave enough time to drive down here, which isn't it's right across the river from St. Louis. And, and the, believe it or not, the, the, the traffic, at least at least on the side of St. Louis, I've been driving on, and that 
the traffic hasn't been too bad down here. You can get around pretty quickly. So, you know, they can do what they need to do and come down to a race and enjoy it. And like I said, with all the people smiling and the, the, everybody being so hospitable, it's a nice place to come. Yeah, it's kind of hard to root for St. Louis considering how much uh, I know we both hate the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for them, you know, obviously losing the Rams and everything. So it's nice that they are able to sit there and grow the indie event to make it where it is a destination and a can't-miss event every year and to make it bigger because they had such a huge, you know, hole ripped out of their heart when, when the Rams left. Right. And yeah, we're uh, the hotel is right next to Bush Stadium almost. And I was hoping, I, I wanted to kind of, me and a buddy down here, we were thinking, oh, the Cardinals in town. Unfortunately, they're in Colorado playing the Rockies this weekend. But would have been nice to at least see a few innings of a, you know, of a game down here just so you can say, hey, I've been to Bush Stadium. But beautiful, beautiful stadium on the outside, that's for sure. I just hopped the fence. Yeah. Yeah, I got bail money for you. You know, hop Actually, the f- there, 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 there were people in there last night. There was restaurants in there like they have at Miller Park. Nice, nice. I still have never been into the Fridays at Miller Park yet. Either I, the first year I was in there, just did a quick walk around. But no, I've never. I always want to be at that one table that faces the field. That there's that one table that's like the best one. So yeah. Let, 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 let's go book that one these days, Jeff. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. Do some day drinking out yeah. there. <laughs> but it's not going to be against the Cubs because we'll come to blows. Yeah, but that could be half the fun. But then I guess you know we'll both be locked up, so then we'll be stuck uh, stuck in there because no one's going to come bail us out. Yeah, the radio guys don't fight each other. That's only the TV people in this town. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on from that. <laughs> but that was one heck of a story there. Uh, all right, well, can you uh, you stick around one more segment, Steve? Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more IndyCar, more in the world. There's lots of going on in the in the world of uh, racing, and we'll also touch on the the Robert Wickens uh, situation. Yeah, what a horrific crash that was. That was unreal. So yeah, we'll get all uh, we'll get to that all coming up after this short break. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan, Polish Pipe Bomb here, and going back out to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline and to nice, hot, sunny St. Louis and Steve Zaki. Steve, you know, obviously uh, a lot of the talk in uh, in IndyCar has been that horrific crash and uh, and Robert Wickens and the injuries he suffers and, uh, you know, he remains hospitalized and everything like that. What's what's the latest that you've heard as far as uh, the condition of Robert Wickens? Well, I mean, it, it's still, you know, it'd be nice if they could just say, okay, this is Robert, you know, 
Robert is, you know, X. And the one, two, three games, this is the game plan. But this is a, his injuries are as such. Uh, they they have to let some time heal some things and let some let the body kind of work itself so they know what to do the next step. It's a very very touchy situation, and we've seen this with several football injuries and that, where you you can't just go in there and you can do you can help it, you can help the injuries. Uh, to the back and spinal column and whatnot, only so much. But it's not, you know, you're hearing things, oh, my God, he'll never do this. You can't really say anything like that until they know more. Uh, it's, it's, it's a side of medicine that, that has made great progress over the last 20 years. And, uh, and they've been doing things, taking their time. And, and, and I think that's a smart move and, and using good hands and, Let's just hope for the best at this point. But as we saw, like, uh, I think people understand what I'm talking about with an injury last year. I'm not saying that no no two injuries are the same, but it could be a situation like that. And uh, we'll just leave it at that for for now. Yeah, always not not good to speculate on injuries, wait for the uh, doctors and teams and everybody to release the info. I just get nervous when it's been this long and – you know, we don't have kind of a concrete update on what his exact condition is, especially with right. the back. You there's know, there's, of, there's there's things I do want to comment. You know, there's people you know ripping on Michael Michael Andretti what he said and that. You know, I mean, Michael and I don't want to say I, I come from the same school, but I mean, he's been around the sport a long time, and you know, he's a little bit older than me, but not much. But we've seen. You know, we've been in the sport. We know my my dad lost drivers that were friends of his, and, and Michael is certainly the same way. And, I mean, we, you, know, you go in the media center, and I guess I don't realize how old I am sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, you, when you ask somebody, oh, when was your first race? And they go, oh, you know, and, and you know, one of them is, is a very respected, esteemed writer that appears on her show occasionally, and I always forget, you know. But he knows his history. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't. And and when a when a when you know when a bad situation happens, they 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 like to fire off. And I don't want to say that uh, you know we're we're tougher than they are. I don't want to go that route. But I'm just saying, you know, people handle situations differently. And just because somebody doesn't handle the situation you would doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. So. You know, Michael said what he said. I don't think it was anything offensive. Just let it at that, you know. I mean, some of the vitriol, and I know it's an emotional situation and accident that happened, but just settle down, people. Yeah. Yeah, well said, and not to make light of it, but they didn't have the Hans device when you were racing dinosaurs back in your day, did they? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I tell you what, Hans device is, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it saved a, a lot more drivers. I have a friend of mine who got hurt by one by an earlier design, but we go round and round about that. But you know, it, it it's a fantastic uh, that and the safer barriers is I think they're the two greatest things recently. Obviously, the crash helmet, fuel cells, and all that. But a recent history, the uh, Hans device and safer barriers are just two incredible inventions. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've done a whole lot in all levels of motorsports for safety lately, but it does seem like this year there's just a a huge uptick in the amount of deaths and serious injuries this year. It seems like uh, every week, every couple weeks, you're reading about somebody getting airlifted out of a out of a track, and whether it's a, a small dirt track or whether it's you know Pocono, there's uh, well here. I'm not saying for you know, last week. I'm, I'm not talking about that, but what. Sometimes when you hear and a driver being airlifted out of a track, oh, don't don't remember it's not always because of the condition the driver is in. Sometimes it's, there's other things. You know, the distance to the hospital. It could be because of traffic. Getting the driver out of the facility is easier. So there's other factors involved when when the personnel, medical personnel, makes the decision to airlift the driver out. It is not always a grave situation. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, I was I was telling uh, earlier. I took my kids out to Slam Fest at Slinger, and they set up a ramp and had guys, you know, flip their cars. Yeah. And uh, Toyota Rav Four was the first one to go, and they had to jaws of life him out of that car. And uh, they came over the loudspeaker, said they were calling flight for life. And then they waved it off, and uh, you know, turns out, you know, he. I think he ended up going to the hospital, but it definitely wasn't as serious as uh, as was first uh, reported or assumed. So, very wise that uh, just because they get on the helicopter doesn't mean that it uh, it is grave for sure. Right. So, uh, who Formula One? Let's talk about Formula One, uh, of course. Uh, F1 is back from their summer holiday, as the Europeans like to call it, and they're back at the iconic and fantastic Spa-Francorchamps uh, course in Belgium. And it was, uh, once again, right at the last moment, Lewis Hamilton sold the pole from Sebastian Vettel. So we have a, a Mercedes and a Ferrari on the front row. But the talk of the weekend so far is Force India, which isn't Force India. It's Force India something else. I don't have my notes in front of me. But they were purchased and bought out by another team or another. They were having issues. Uh, a racing team in, in, in having money issues. Uh, imagine that. Yeah, weird. Uh, weird. Uh, Sebastian or uh, Simon Pagenaud just passed me. I could have put my car in, in the drive and made an incident. Um <laughs> Let's see, we got Grosjean and uh, Rackin and ran out of gas, I guess, in the, right at the end and was uh, on a flyer. So, unfortunate for him. But uh, he's, he's going to be back with Ferrari next year. Very Kind of surprising. Uh, talked to our esteemed Formula One analyst uh, a week ago about Kimi Rackin whether he was coming back. We were both under the understanding that, yeah, Charles Leclerc, uh, the French driver, talented French driver, it just makes sense for him to step up, but they're actually going to season him one more year, I guess, with the Sauber team. And uh, uh, Kimi Rackinen will be back with Ferrari next year. So at probably, uh, let's see, 30, I think he'll be 39 next year. So um, very, very interesting that that uh, it's another surprising, because a lot of people were thinking that Rackinen was going to be out of uh, Ferrari after last year. So he's, it's two years. Two years bonus time to some people. Yeah, yeah. Two years of uh, some nice paychecks coming in as well. So as, yeah, lo- 
As long yeah. as he can stay in that seat, uh, he's going to be living high off the hog, you know? And, uh, of course, also this weekend, it, it's Monterey. And, and Monterey, uh, the historics are running there. And uh, a big accident, one of the Can-Am, the Shadow Can-Am cars had a, a blowover, which would happen to Can-Am cars occasionally back in the day, back in the 70s. Uh, Brian Redman had a blowover and a few other drivers. And uh, unfortunately, we have one, but the driver is uh, recovering. He's going to have some, as they say, orthopedic injuries to his feet and legs, but uh, he will recover. And uh, we wish all the best to Kurt Bennett, whose brother had a an accident with another Shadow Vintage Shadow Can-Am car a couple of years ago at Road America or Road Atlanta, I should say. And uh, so both brothers, unfortunately, have had uh, accidents in their can-am cars and you know these are great cars they talked to beautiful cars they were fast and but unfortunately the safety you know you can improve some of the safety things but those are still aluminum chassis and 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 whatnot and and they they don't uh, they're not as strong as carbon fiber so when you have an accident in them uh, unfortunately you can uh, get injured that's what kurt bennett found out at uh, monterey out at laguna seca so we wish the best uh, best in his recovery, and all the auctions are going on, Jeff. And I'm sure you've been watching those closely, and uh, you've been registered for all of them. And and uh, I guess we had a Ford a GT40, a former Lamar, uh that was driven by Dick Hutchinson of Keokuk, Iowa, and uh, that Ford GT40 last night apparently went for twenty million dollars. Wow, because the max bid that I had was nineteen five. Oh, you just missed it. Oh, Steve, why you give me the bad news? I missed it by only five hundred grand. That's uh, that's couch couch cushion change. And there was a uh, new record. I don't have the numbers in front of me because you get so many emails nowadays because everybody wants to be your friend. But there is a new record set this weekend for a american-made car it was a 30 i want to say it was it was a 1930s duesenberg coupe and i think it went for like 30 some million dollars you know, let's put it this way a lot of money it went for it but it's a new record for a uh, a duesenberg or i should say an american built car at, uh, sold at auction wow wow yeah that uh that's a little bit more than I've got here, but uh, there's always hope for the future, right? You betcha. <laughs> All right, so when these guys are trying to make their uh, $30 million to buy one of those cars and they want to go to the window and uh, throw down a uh, couple pennies on the F1 race, who are you telling them to go uh, spend some mythical money on? Oh, wait, I got that information for you. You know the uh, the actor Gary Cooper. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, it was his car, and it was it was only it wasn't thirty million. It was only twenty two million dollars. Oh, peanuts! Yeah. Well, I should have got in on that one too, but I had my heart set. A, I know you're a big Duesenberg enthusiast. It was a Duesenberg SFJ Legrand Roadster. Those were my favorites. That was a thirty-six. So please pardon, pardon my mistake earlier. Yeah, we forgive you. That uh, 
Did you have one of those in high school? Uh, no, but it was interesting that the bids, the bids were going up a quarter of a million at a time. <laughs> <laughs> not my, uh, not the circle I run in. Let me tell you. <laughs> Out of our league. Huh? Yeah. Not the partner I want to raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somehow I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, so anybody who's looking to try to start their, uh, their GoFundMe uh, to, to buy one of these uh, old Duesenbergs. Who are you throwing money on in the F1 race here? Uh, I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel. Hey, I found a budget car for you. Okay, hit me. A 1921 Stuck Series Bearcat, owned by the same family since 1921. It only went for $430,000. Oh, see? I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the cars of my youth. That was in the budget lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't afford Duesenberg? Come to our budget lot. We got some stuck spare cats for you. Well, I'll be at the David Hobbs Honda uh, budget lot before uh, before I'm dropping four hundred grand on a car. We are going to put you in a Honda one of these days. Uh okay. We'll see. If you're buying, I'll I'll drive anything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you can buy me out anytime you want yeah you're buying man i'll i'll drive a honda no some some uh, of them pilots are nice i just uh you know the old lady wants to do everything to the house uh both here and in door county and it uh just i've been bleeding money no so the the thought of a new car has uh, moved down the totem pole in uh, in the pipe bomb residence. All right. Well, let's see. How about the Bomberita Automotive Group 500 brought to you by Bugga Burger, who, who fashioned me a beautiful burger for lunch today. Uh, who's your pick? Uh, I am going to go with uh, Rackinen, man. In the IndyCar race? Oh, the IndyCar right? race. I'm still waiting for you to pick an F1 driver, Steve. I only asked you four times already. Come on. All right, so you got Vettel. I'll take uh, Rackinen. Now, uh, now in IndyCar, I'm going to go with uh, good old Newgarden. Newgarden, all right. Now that, 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 that's a chalk pick as much as my pick, which is uh, Alexander Rossi. Uh, not as chalk, but still chalkish. I'll give you that. I will give you that. I definitely did not go chalk. out on a limb today. But uh, now we've got uh, Xfinity out at beautiful Elkhart Lake. And uh, you got Matt Tift. He's uh, he's your pole sitter. And uh, Give him props for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. At, uh, you know, Cole Custer, he, uh, he's on the front, front row. Excuse me. You got James Davison, Justin Marks, Christopher Bell. There's your top five. Throw in Brendan Gaughan, Ryan Truex. The hero we all need, Austin Sindrick. He starts eighth. Brandon Jones and Ryan Reed. That uh, There's your top ten qualifying out at Road uh, America. I, I tell you what, James James Davidson, very talented driver, has been racing at Road America and all sorts of cars over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, the talented Australian will be the guy to watch this weekend. But unfortunately, as we've seen time after time uh, at Road America, my prediction is that he'll either be leading or in that lead group. 
And then always in the last couple of laps, it seems like they get drop kicked out of the way. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Davidson to look very good, but I'm going to go with uh, Christopher Bell. Okay. That's uh, obviously a good pick. He's in, uh, he's in contention week in, week out. I, uh, you know, I was getting dressed this morning and I was like, well, I got to go to the station. Should I put my cape on? And I said, well, I won't wear my superhero cape because Austin Sindrick is wearing it for me. So he's going to roll off eighth. And he is my pick to do some uh, some nice uh, donuts and burnouts after the race here at Road America. And uh, for those keeping track, uh, the vintage session is now ended and it's two-seater time at the uh, Gateway Motorsports Park. You going out there uh, go for a ride? In the two-seater? Yeah. Uh, let me work on my, uh, profile a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they would have to combine both seats for me to fit in that car. Huh. Um, you could fit in it easier than I can. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Dave, Dave our friend Dave Coleman was able to, to easily drop some weight and he was able to fit into it. So and Dave's a big guy, so there's hey. hope for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you. I don't want to keep you forever. I know uh, you've got uh, your millions of adoring fans waiting for you to get off the phone down there. So, yeah, they're all lining up around me, and they're uh, no no cheering. No, <laughs> no, no. no well, please. Yeah, um, tell Madison and Cinnamon and Sapphire that you'll be off the phone in a minute. <laughs> and uh, I just want to remind everybody to come on out and see us uh, next week out at Great Lakes Dragway. Should be a lot of fun as uh, summer's wearing down, but still a lot of things to do. Uh, don't worry about it uh, as Labor Day approaches. Just get out there and enjoy it while you can. And uh, September 1st, uh, Great Lakes Dragway for the Labor Day extravaganza. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, whether you like the old stuff like uh, Jeff and I do or you're a Harley fan, there's going to be something for everybody uh out there at Great Lakes Dragway next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a show. I can't wait. I tried getting Roy Henning on again this week. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he just doesn't like me or what, but, man, that guy has the busiest life on every single Saturday that uh, I can't imagine. But he can't get away from us next week, Steve. We're going to corner him, and uh, and he will, he will come on the air. It's strange because when I usually ask him to come on the show, he usually comes on the show. So maybe I'll have to ask him next time. Well, it's probably because you're a lot nicer than I am. I don't know. <laughs> a lot more likable. Yeah. So make sure Great Lakes Dragway uh, next week, Saturday. Good time. Uh, we'll be out there from uh, 12 to 2, broadcasting live on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Steve, have a blast down there. Uh, tell all the ladies I say hello, and uh, we'll see you down at Great Lakes next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, and uh, go Brewers. Okay. There was Steve Zaki. He joined us on a great Midwest Bank hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank, dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our communities since 1935. Now, when we come back, there were uh, some changes that were announced to both the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. They got announced earlier in the week. We're going to play uh, play that press conference for you coming up here next. 
You're listening to the Final Inspection Show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Catch me and Steve out there next Saturday, one week from today, broadcasting live from Great Lakes Dragway. You don't want to miss it there. Labor Day spectacular. Always such a fantastic show. So you got, uh, you know, awesome racing. You got great food and you got us so we'll try not to ruin a good time for you down there but uh be great to see all you guys down there with us next saturday and uh of course david hobbs honda can't say enough about them and uh all the great things they do for uh for our show and for the public great sales going on all the time at great lakes uh, i'm sorry at david hobbs honda so whether you're in the market for a new car or one of their certified used cars you cannot go wrong at david hobbs honda so like I said at the end of, of uh, last segment, some new rules got announced for both the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. So we're going to play the teleconference that NASCAR had, and uh, they'll explain explain to you what you might have missed during the week. Thank you very much, and good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us for today's NASCAR teleconference. We are joined by NASCAR Vice President of Racing Operations, John Bobo, who has some procedural updates for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and Gander Outdoors Truck Series for 2019. Uh, hopefully you all were able to look over the press release we just sent a little bit ago, um, but I'll throw it over to John for an opening statement. Yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, good morning, everybody. Um, you know, 2018 has been a really exciting season. We've, we've seen the quality of racing just get better every week, but we do have a few procedural updates for 2019 that we believe will further strengthen each series' uh, foundation. The NASCAR Xfinity, Xfinity Series field size will be reduced from 40 to 38 cars. Uh, the prize money currently awarded to the 39th and 40th will be redistributed throughout the field. Um, we're also announcing that in both Xfinity Series and the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, team owners will only earn playoff points, and the race win will only account towards ownership, owner championship playoff eligibility if the driver earns points in that series or a series below. Uh, finally, we are pleased to announce that next year's Xfinity Series Dash for Cash races, and those ra- those races are going to stay the same as they've been uh, over the last year. Um, you know, four uh, back-to-back races of, of really hard racing uh, in Texas, Bristol, Richmond, Talladega, and Dover. And I, I think that's kind of just the, the top of the waves, but happy to answer any questions that folks might have. And our first question comes from Kenny Bruce with Motorsports.com. Kenny, state your question. Sure, thanks. Hey, John, the the reason behind trimming the Xfinity field from 40 to 38 cars, what, what do you guys have to see to make that kind of decision? You know, we uh, this rule came about in collaboration with the teams, drivers, and tracks, and we want to provide the fans with the strongest competition, and we think this strengthens the fields from the front to the back. Okay, thanks. And our next question comes from Jim Hutter with Motorsport.com. Jim, state your question. Hey, John, I just uh, want to clarify something. In regards to the um, 
Xfinity and truck teams using a, a cup driver, is that only in the races that they elect to use them? They don't get to co- collect any of the benefits? And if that's the case, does it is the intention to persuade them from ever using one? So uh, the participation levels remain the same on, on drivers racing down, but what the rule does is for an owner who's going for an owner's championship, um, if he's going to put a driver in that car, it has to be a driver who's eligible to receive points in that series. So if you bring a cup driver down to race in an Xfinity Series owner's championship race, that owner would not receive the championship points. And, yes, I mean, it's, it's a rule to discourage driving down a series. Um, but I think it's also important to note it does not discourage driving up a series. So, uh, but – I guess my under, I wasn't even under I, I guess I never realized that that teams could do that now. So in essence, you can uh compete at this moment. You can compete for an owner's championship uh based in, in your wins and your playoff points collected by cup series drivers still go to your owner's series uh collection at this time. That's correct. Oh, okay. I just, I wasn't even aware of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's part of the immediate, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this rule before the playoffs is we, we think it's important to discourage that in playoffs for an owner's championship run. Our next question comes from Jerry Jordan with motorsport.com. Jerry, state your question. I'm with kicking the tires. I don't know where the motorsport.com came from. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry, Jim. Um, John, I have a question about a little further on, on Jim's, uh, question there though with using cup drivers in the lower tier series that's been a big deal with with uh penske and with uh, also kyle uh running in trucks to, to try and get that owner championship for them this looks like it's gonna eliminate the involvement in a lot of ways of the cup drivers dropping down because they won't be able to get points so therefore the owners aren't going to put them in the car is that is that the end goal or is that is that just an ancillary effect of, of, of what's going to happen you know i think sometimes you you make rules because you do want to discourage um certain behavior and i think this rule does discourage that but we're also curious to see what the teams do and what decisions they make with the rules and so we'll be following that closely uh for the rest of the season and into the next season and, and see what we think do you think you'll get pushback? Is this you said you, there was a, some collaboration? What kind of pushback do you think you'll get from those teams that have been benefiting from an, an owner's championship in those lower tier series by using Cup drivers with like an All Star team? Uh, say that you know that Big uh, Motorsports did a few years ago. Well, you know, I think Cup drivers and Xfinity drivers can't you know race the series down in playoffs even now. So I, I don't know what exactly the effect will be, but um, you know we think this is what's best for the uh, best for, to create the best racing possible, and um, so we'll be interested to see what happens. And there appears to be no questions. I'll turn the call back over to Josh Hamilton. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, John, and thank you to all all the media for joining us today. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series opened their playoffs at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. The Chevrolet Silverado 250 airs live Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. The NASCAR Xfinity Series is at Road America this weekend. The Johnsonville 180 will air live Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. 
We will have audio of today's teleconference available uh, on nascarmedia.com, so uh, you can check there later on this afternoon. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great weekend. All right. There's the uh, the latest in both the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. We're going to take a quick break and put a ribbon on this show when we come back. It is the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan want to thank everybody that joined us today. Natalie Decker, racing superstar, ran the uh, Trans Am races out at Road America. She's running the ARCA series uh, later today as well. Big thank you to Natalie for joining the show and wish her all the best of luck in the future. Wisconsin's own from Eagle River. Keep an eye out on her. She is going to do great things in racing. Also want to thank Bill Elliott for uh, joining the show. Steve Zaki being a, a guest on his own show. Imagine that. Thank you, Steve, giving us all the latest information from St. Louis and IndyCar. So, everybody, enjoy the races. Road America, green flag's about to fly. Enjoy the uh, IndyCar race tonight and the truck race tomorrow. Don't forget, me and Steve live, the final inspection show live at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove one week from today. Do not miss it. We will see you out there. Have a great weekend, Milwaukee. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.